I like to tell with my shoes off and my hair blowing in the wind. <laughs> I've been spun around and turned upside down, and well, parts of me felt turned right side round. And then this breakup tornado just spits me out. And the winds of romance just blow clear out of town. Here I am, 37, out of a relationship, and single again. And I'm looking around, and Korea, this is not Kansas anymore. It's a whole new dating world. And my friends and family are really understanding during that period, right? And, and they give you a little space for a while. <laughs> and then they love you, and they want good things for you. Let's be honest, they want someone good for you. And before I had given mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation to my ego, and I had placed all the parts of my heart back in the original order, they were asking that good old intention question. So, Kriya, <laughs> is there anyone special in your life? Are you dating anyone? Is there anyone you want to, you know, tell us about? <laughs> well, dating, it was one of these things that I was just feeling like it was exhausting to get back into that world. And I just, this time around, I wanted it to be easy. Now, dating would have been really easy, right? Like in the past. I mean, the way, way past. Maybe like 200 years ago. Now, as a woman, I probably wouldn't have had any rights and I just would have been bartered like a goat. But then on the other side, I wouldn't have to go on a blind date. My big blind date. And I wouldn't have to lose 10 pounds to fit in skinny jeans. So I'm thinking, you know, it would have been a time of romantic determinism. It would have been destiny. And it would have been the role of my clan, or my elders, or maybe my family, to find me my one true special person, my match. I mean, they might even have, you know, hired a matchmaker. Now, this poor matchmaker would have had to have a really slow year to take on a case of a 37-year-old woman. <laughs> like, I was on death's door. And she would have been like, Kriya, your womb is barren. And in our time, life expectancy is only 40. Okay, maybe 45 for women. So for you, I only have Aesop. Now, Aesop is, you know, he has one eye and tuberculosis. And you guys only have a few short years to live anyway, so go be happy. Be glad you're not a nun or burned at the stake as a witch. <laughs> Alright, so maybe it's best that we left those times in the past, and, you know, fate isn't what's guiding us. It's now a modern era of chance. It's a great chaos theory of romance that, that maybe this butterfly beating its wings in Mexico, after all of these thousand different choices and chances, would have somehow inspired me to go to Safeway and be in the spice aisle and pick out a really exotic spice. And this would have been quite an occurrence of chance, because I don't cook at all. I have no idea if it's salt, pepper, 
pepper, paprika, that's it. I don't know any other spices. So I'm reaching up for a spice. Someone give me a spice, help me out. You're cooking me. Cumin. 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 I'm reaching for cumin. And there he is in the spice hole at Safeway at that exact same moment. What are the odds? And he's reaching out for cumin as well. And our hands touch. And we look at each other. And we say to one another, I have cumin, and I don't know how to cook with it other than a banana souffle. So we will always be together cooking with cumin. And no one will lie, I've actually had this fantasy. But chance takes a bit of time to work. And my friends and my family were getting a little impatient with me. And, you know, they, they wanted something, and they wanted someone. My mother my mother. <laughs> <laughs> she had given me San Antonio. Now this saint is the patron saint of lovers. And this saint is actually carved, and my sister got one too, <laughs> actually carved, and the saint stands on its head upside down. And you, you pray, please intercede San Antonio and bring me my one true love. And when he does answer your prayer, you flip him right side up and he stands like a normal saint. <laughs> and, um, you know, all right, it was, it was a, an option, so I prayed to San Antonio, and it, nothing, there's no results. At this point, I have decided that I have to take matters into my own hands. Now is the time, it is a time of science. Forget these old school notions of mystery and magic and faith and fate in love. Now it's all about an algorithm. Love is just a simple math. I'm telling you right here and now. It's an algorithm with zeros and ones. It's a binary code, and you can do it online. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I signed up, and I went to my online dating service, and I plugged in my favorite TV shows and did the quizzes, wrote down all my favorite foods that I want someone else to cook for me. <laughs> and, and there it was. It was churning, and I could imagine it, this great algorithm in the sky. And it was, you know, adding up the data sets, their data sets, mine, carrying the two, dividing by pi, I don't know. <laughs> and out it would spit all of those perfect options just for me. It was systematic. It was automatic. It was dating like me. <laughs> I was so excited to go on my first date. You know, we had emailed back and forth and, and decided that we would go to a cafe that he had chosen in Selwood. So I sat down to see what we had in common. <clears throat> and he sat down, he was a good looking fella, and he pulled out a container and opened it up and there inside of the container, he had brought his own food to, to the cafe. It was like he was doing a picnic for one on our date. And I'm looking, and, and there's these big, you know, brown clumps, the vegan clumps. And it sort of, it sort of looked like dog turds. But thank goodness it just tasted like dirt. So, you know, I can understand. This is Portland. People have food allergies and food preferences. You know, it's all kale nowadays. So maybe we were just going to order drinks, and that 
Atlas Klein will just order drinks. But no, he, he was afraid of the public water system, and so he brought out his mason jar of tea to enjoy on our date. Well, I ended up leaving a tip for a waitress on our zero-dollar bill. I don't know. But, you know, love, love is not for the faint of heart. And even in a scientific theorem, you have to test it many, many times to make sure your hypothesis works. And so I was, I was willing, if I wasn't going to put myself out there, then I was never going to take the next step again. So I decided, all right, let's move on to my next fabulous date. And so there we were, his name or his handle was Star Traveler. I've changed it to protect the innocent. Star Traveler, and I thought, you know what? He loves to travel, I love to travel. Even if he brings his own bottle, you know, beer to the bar, we're gonna have something in common. This is gonna work out. And so, you know, I'm, I'm there, I'm excited. And it wasn't so much that Star Traveler was a star of traveling. It was more that he believed that we are all descendants from an ancient alien force that is from a far distant star, and they came to Earth, no one would lie, this is what I said, came to Earth to mate with apes so they could produce us, the human race. And he was really keen on sharing with me the scientific truth that they had to enslave us so we could dig and mine for gold which is a great conductor. So, you know, there you are, if you've ever wondered what our evolution was. And the beauty was, you know, it was this long-running monologue, but he kept saying, we, we understand why the pyramids have been created. We are just slaves to the alien overlords. And, you know, I'm trying to think, is Star Traveler, like, actually the we? There's an alien inside of him, and he's just like the host. This date is getting really freaky. And no, no, he, when I asked him to explain who he was, it was him and his wife. Married, <laughs> you know, they had a complicated relationship. Uh, check, please. <laughs> so I, I've never been all that great at math, but I was starting to feel like. You know, computer science and love were not such a great match, maybe for me. But there, there on my dresser is San Antonio. And he's just, he's staring at me, you know, like upside down. He's staring at my feet, looking up. And he's beseeching me, Korea, one more time. You know, the blood's rushing to his head, he's turning blue. Which is a lot of guilt from a Catholic saint, and I'm not even Catholic. <laughs> I, I decided one more time. And so I went on my next great dating adventure. And I made sure it was in a well-lit pub. And we're sitting across from one another. And it's really turning out to be wonderful. I mean, he didn't bring his own food. He actually asked me questions about myself. He did not even mention aliens, not even once. And I'm feeling like for the first time in over a year of dating, it finally feels easy. And so when he asked me if I'd like to go across the street to his house and have one more glass of wine, I thought, you know, why not? 
Maybe this is what that great algorithm is all about. So we went over and went to his house and he poured a gorgeous mail back. And he actually put like a really cool jazz record on the record player. <laughs> That's good, yeah. <laughs> and we're sitting like staring in each other's eyes, talking to one another. And then I see this little flash of movement out of the corner of one of my eyes. And I look down and you know, with his other hand, he had taken out his penis. <laughs> and he was petting it like a cat. <laughs> Great story. <laughs> 